Thank you, Jesus. Worship team, thank you so much. God is so good. Isn't he good? Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So glad to see you all here tonight. I'm Pastor Rigo, the teaching pastor here at True Life Church. Welcome to the new faces that came for the baby dedication, some familiar faces. It's a pleasure to celebrate this special time with you guys tonight. So, you're in for a treat, okay? Tonight, we're going to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. I wonder if she likes to be called that, but that's the title, you know, of the passage of, of Scripture there. But before we do, just something that's been on my heart, we're just, let's pray for what's going on around the world, what's going on in Europe right now, that God would just, that Jesus will be glorified, that people will turn to him during these times of conflict, right? Mike was just saying, you know, does anybody have battles? Well, we have personal battles and we have national um, battles as well. So let's just quickly pray that God would just intervene in the nations tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are Lord. I pray, Lord God, that the nations will come to know you. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords, Lord. I pray that they will seek you, Lord, that you will bring peace, the true peace that only comes from you, Lord. With all the conflicts that's, go that's going on right now with, with Ukraine and Europe, I just pray that the Prince of Peace will ruin their hearts, Lord, as they surrender to you and your love and grace, Father. And Lord, I pray for the message tonight that you will anoint our hearts to hear, Lord God, our ears to hear, our eyes to see your word. And I pray that signs and wonders will be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. All right, guys, let's go to Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles. It will also be on the screen. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 25. <clears throat> now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians and she has spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen? So that's just the story there. We're going we're gonna to break that down and see how this woman received her healing. So this is the conclusion of a series that we're doing here at True Life Church called Anchored. We want to be a church that's anchored and desperately pursuing God for physical healing and among other things. T today's subject matter is physical healing, but we want to be a desperately pursuant church, a, a church that's after God no matter what the circumstances are in our lives. We're not going to give up. We're not going to hold back, but we're going to seek after God. 
So in regards to suffering, you know, physical conditions and constant physical ailments, they're loud and they have a voice. Some of us go through things, different seasons physically, right? And we all know that physical ailments have a voice and they're loud. And we can either allow those things to deplete our joy, deplete our faith, or we can say, you know what, God, I'm going to pursue you despite what I'm going through. I'm going to pursue you as my source of healing. And we're going to find out as we go through the message that there's various channels to which God ministers healing to us. We, just have, we have to be open to receive, to receive healing from a person, not just a religion, but through Jesus, okay? He's the source of our healing. So notice this, that the woman in verse 25 and 26, it says that she had a flow of blood for 12 years. Anybody have a physical condition for more than 12 years? She had a, a, something wrong with her for a really, really long time. And I'm sure that waited on her. And it says that she has suffered many things for many physicians. Isn't going to the doctor annoying sometimes? Over and over again? She suffered many things for many physicians. She has spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. It was expensive. She kept going to the doctors and giving out of her money, right? And, but the thing was that it wasn't fixing the issue. It was growing worse and worse and worse. So some of us, like this woman, with the issue of blood, was, was you know, that struggle with physical ailments for a really long time. We have to get to a point where we say, enough is enough, and I want to pursue after God. I want to pursue Jesus as my healer. And that applies to anything in your life, not just physical healing. But we have to get to a point where we're desperately pursuing after God. God, I want to have a heart that pursues you no matter what happens. I'm not going to blame you, but I want to stay on the God side of things. I may not understand everything that's going on right now, but I know that you hold my answers. Amen? So she got to the end of her ropes. So what do you do when, you, when you're struggling with an ailment or a burden for so long? You've been prayed over countless times, but still nothing happens. You're like, God, I, I've been going through this for so long. How come this, this doesn't change? What's the remedy to that? How do we practically pursue after God? Something happened to her one day that changed her paradigm, her perspective, and ignited her heart with faith to pursue God. You know what it was? Look at verse 27. Notice that first phrase there. It says, when she heard about Jesus, something happened. She was walking along and she heard something about this man named Jesus that ignited a faith in her heart to pursue him for healing. What do you suppose she was hearing about Jesus? Well, think about it. Jesus was going from town to town preaching that he was the anointed of God Right? Notice this. We saw this in, um, in Luke, actually. In Luke 4, the first sermon Jesus pr uh, preached was he rose up in a synagogue. He read from the passage in Isaiah. And he says, what you're reading right now is really about me. And this is what Jesus said about himself. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus was going around saying, guys, I'm anointed to heal. I'm anointed to bring forth the kingdom of God. And he, she's hearing about what he's doing. 
healing the sick, you know, healing the blind, preaching the kingdom of God. And she says, this is the Messiah. The Messiah, Malachi 4, 2 says that he will come with healing in his wings, in his, in his garments. And she's hearing about this. And she's saying, you know what she said to herself? I believe it. I believe it. So number one, in order for us to be a pursuant church after God, we have to take the time to hear about Jesus. How do we hear about Jesus right now? We hear about Jesus, first of all, by spending time with him through prayer, but also hearing about him through his word, through the scriptures. You, don't want, you want to know what Jesus is like? You want, you want to know what his character is like? The Bible tells you. In fact, there's a principle of faith in Romans 10, 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And if you're a Christian here tonight, someone ministered the gospel to you and told you that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. And if you believe on him, you'll receive eternal life. Your sins are forgiven. When they preached that word to you, it carried the faith of God. You received faith and you received it. Amen? We're saved by grace through faith, not of works. That same principle that saved you is the same principle where you receive all the promises of God. So if you're constantly hearing the voice of your body or the, or, or the voice of other people saying ne negative things about you, you're complaining about your condition, but you have to take the time to hear what Jesus is saying about your condition. Again, not just physical condition, but any area of life. What is God saying about your situation? We know what Aunt Susie says about it. She agrees with you. Yeah, it's horrible. I know. It happens to me every day. Right? You ever have complaint parties? You know the right person to call? You need a faith buddy. Someone that says, no, no, that's not the truth. Come on. What does God say about this? I mean, I'm going to encourage you. Don't come with me with that. I'm so thankful for my wife. She doesn't allow me to have pity parties. It's very lonely. No one, no one comes. Her and the Lord. I send invitations out. No one shows up. So. And the more you grow in the Lord and you mature, God's like, really? Come on. You're faking it. Stop crying. He does. So. What's interesting in Romans 10, 17 is that where it says faith comes by hearing the word of God. That word word in Greek r really means something that has been uttered by a living voice, a thing spoken. So what you hear from the scriptures has to be illuminated by the Holy Spirit so it becomes alive to you. It's one thing to read the Bible. It's another thing to have the writer, the teacher of the Bible, make it alive to you. And when he does, that's when faith comes. We can't be presumptuous and just quote scriptures, just pick, you have to spend time with God. And you know how you do that? By meditating on God's word. Meditation, not, not sitting down, folding your legs and humming to something, right? Meditation, biblically speaking, the Hebrew word means to mutter to yourself, to think upon, to imagine. So you have to spend time on purpose reading those scriptures to yourself, right? Sing them out loud until your mind is renewed to the truth of what God says about your situation. So, for example, when, whenever I have, you know, whenever I'm sick, 
especially with, you know, this past season with the pandemic and COVID and things like that, I had to on purpose get out my Bible and see what God says about healing and really meditate on those scriptures, even when I didn't feel like it. Here's a couple examples of some scriptures, and I'm going to demonstrate what, what meditating God's word is. In Exodus 15, 26, it says, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ears to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So as I'm reading that, I'll say, Lord, I thank you that you are the Lord who heals me. You're the Lord who heals me. You're a healing God. And I thank you for putting none of those diseases on me. And I thank you that you're my healer. Yes, Lord, you're my healer. Like on purpose, by yourself, right? And you're, you have a list of healing scriptures. You know, it's so, it's so cool now with Bible apps that you can do a word search and it lists all the scriptures on whatever subject you're looking for. So there's really no excuse for us these days to find scriptures. You can find them like that. Back in the old days, you had to get a concordance, a big fat book, find the scriptures, write them out, then search them, write them by hand. Now we just have them listed in our phones or you can print them. So God's saying, I have given you access to my, easy access to my word. Next one, for example, Psalm 103.3. Who forgives all your iniquities, iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all my sins. Thank you for healing me of all my diseases. You are the Lord who heals me. Thank you, Lord. You're the Lord who heals me. And stay with it. Don't rush through it. You're hearing about Jesus. It's renewing your mind to the things of God, to the reality of his promises in your life. You're not trying to make these things happen. You're just saying, God, I'm spending time with you and I'm rehearsing what you already said about me. Amen. So uh, next, uh, a couple more. Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Father, I thank you for sending your word, which is Jesus, and Jesus is my healer. He has healed me. Thank you for delivering me from destruction. Thank you, you're my great deliverer, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And finally, Acts 10.38. Again, this is how you meditate in the scriptures. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. This is Peter preaching this. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. What did he do? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. The devil is the author of sickness and disease. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Thank you, Lord, that you're good to me. And your goodness has delivered me from the oppression of the enemy. Thank you for healing me, Lord. I receive your healing. I thank you. You're hearing about Jesus. You're stirring your faith in God's promises. And that's what she did. She heard enough about Jesus to give her this audacious um, boldness to pursue him. Rather than just sitting back, she sought him. Amen? So, knowing about Jesus ignited this woman's faith to such a degree that it changed her thinking and speech. So once you hear about Jesus, you know what's the next step? It's going to change the way you talk. 
you're no longer going to speak of your weakness. You're no, no longer going to speak of those things, although those things are true and they're fact. You're going to speak what God says about your situation. Notice what happened to her. And hearing about Jesus and what he did, it so filled her heart with faith that she acted her faith out in two ways. She spoke it, she said it, and she acted on it. She touched this garment. Notice in verse 28. <clears throat> For she said, if I, may, if I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So before there was an action, there was something she spoke. You know what she said? If I touch his clothes, I am going to be made well. Not I might, I hope so, maybe, if he's merciful enough. She says, I heard he's the healer, and I heard he's the Messiah. And when I touch that garment, I am going to be made whole. She put a demand on that anointing power of God on Jesus through her faith in God. And remember, her faith was based on Jesus. Our faith is based on God's word and what he says about the situation, right? It's not just like picking something out of hand and saying, you know, I'm going to believe this. No, our faith and our belief is based on what God has already said about the situation. And remember, it has to be breathed, breathed upon by the Holy Spirit who ignites that faith in our hearts. Because if not, it's just dead religion. You need a relationship with the Lord to help illuminate these things to your heart to make them real to you. So Jesus himself said that mountain-moving faith is released through words. Look what he said in Mark eleven twenty-three: For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, remember a mountain can be whatever. It can be a sickness. It can be something going crazy with your kids, your circumstances, whatever your mountain is. Jesus said you can speak to your mountain. What do we speak to our mountain? The word of God. What does God say about your situation? He says, if you speak to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Well, the principle of faith here is that God is saying, guys, what am I saying about your situation right now? And once you find that out, I want you to start saying that. Say what I'm saying about your situation. What does God say about the situation? And it takes up, um, diligence on our part to find that out through the scriptures. You can ask your pastor or your friend, but there's nothing about you personally open up, in your, open up your Bible and digging in for yourself and saying, God, I'm pursuing you. That's what a desperately pursuing heart is. Is God, I'm going to take the time. I'm going to turn off, you know, I'm going to turn off Netflix for a little while. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop scrolling on my phone aimlessly for ten, you know, an hour at night. You guys ever do that? Just like, you don't know why, but you're just like, and you start over from the top. You refresh it. <laughs> you're not even paying attention. You're like, so if you, if you just eliminate like 10 minutes of that, just to start out with, oh my gosh, you guys will be in heaven. You know, get, get the scriptures, spend time, be diligent in pursuing God. Because he's a rewarder, Hebrews 11 tells us, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Nothing to do with your salvation. You're saved by grace through faith. You're, you're in there when you receive him. But now that you're his child, he's like, hey, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. Come on, I've, I've given you the nourishment. Here's the Bible. Here's the milk of the word. 
here, this is how you pray. This is how you seek me. He instructs us, but he, he, he wants us to cooperate with him. Amen? So, <clears throat> she spoke what she believed in her heart and then acted on it. Not just speaking it. You can speak until whatever, the cows come home, if that's the phrase, whatever. You can speak and speak, speak. But you also have to act. Act on the word. And when you act on the word for her, she said, I'm going to touch his garment. That was her action of faith. So she believed in her heart and then she spoke the word of God. And one, one more thing about, I have a few minutes left. I have to break this up in two parts. So she spoke what she believed in her heart and then acted on it. Okay, for example, oftentimes I, I'm, I'm, I wake up weak. You know, you're exhausted, you're tired, you have a condition. And I used to go around, and I still do sometimes. Again, thank God for my wife who helps me. Um, stop complaining, right? So I always say, I'm, I'm always tired. I'm always weak. You know, instead of saying what the Word says about my situation, I have to stop and say, no. What does God say about this? For example, he says, the Lord is the strength of my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let the weak say, I am strong. Lord, I thank you that I am strong. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You go around the room saying that enough, you're, you're ready to tackle, go, go through a wall. Okay? Because your, 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 you know, your life, your body responds to what, what you say. This is the truth of it. I'm going to receive God's healing. I'm going to receive God's strength. I'm going to walk this through. I'm going to pursue God. You're not, you're not trying to twist his arm to make him do something. He's just saying, I want you to receive what I already provided for you. Grace gives you the gifts, but it's your job to unwrap it and receive it. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave him so that what? Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And some of us have already received the greatest gift, salvation. Where you receive eternal life, you're going to heaven, your sins are forgiven, you're made a new creation in Christ, the greatest miracle of all. You actually believe that Jesus lived, died, and was buried for you, that he's God in the flesh, the greatest miracle. But oftentimes when we see other things, like, I don't know if I can believe that. But you already believe the greatest miracle. It's just we preached it for thousands of years over and over, the gospel, and we have so much faith in that. Let's renew our minds to what God says about other things in the Bible and keep rehearsing them until faith comes and we act on it. So what's interesting is she acted on it. She said it and then she acted. And when she did... Uh, the Bible says that she pulled the power of God from, from Jesus. So real quick about the power of God. The power of God is always present. It's, it's present here. It's present in your school and your job and your home. The power of God is present to save anyone who calls upon Jesus who doesn't know him. The power of God is present to heal, to deliver. We just have to receive it. So <clears throat> she touched his garments and what was the power that she drew out of his garments? Let's look at verse 29 and 30 real quick. 
So she touched his garments, right? She said it and she touched his garments. And it says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. So she touched his garment and she literally felt something come into her body, the power of God. And she felt and knew that she was healed. Not only her, but Jesus too. He's just walking around. Imagine the crowds. They're thronging him. They're touching him, right? They're, they're just seeking something from him. But this woman touched them with the hand of faith and she drew power from him. In verse 30, it says, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around the crowd and said, Who touched me? Who touched me? You know what came out of Jesus' garments? It was the, the, uh, the Greek word for power here is dunamis. Dunamis. It's the miracle working power of God. It's the same where we get dynamite. It's God's miracle working power that he was anointed with. He was empowered with. When you hear anointing, just think of God's power on you like a blanket or upon you for service. And this woman's faith drew it, up, drew it out of him. He says, who touched me? So the anointing of God, the power of God at times can be felt and is tangible. That's what heals us, is his power. She received his power. So the power of God is available to heal. However, there's various ways where that power comes. And we're going to talk specifically about the healing anointing in a second. But there are times when you're, you're saying the scriptures, you're believing God, and the power of God may be manifest in your life. You know how? Various ways. Wisdom. He will give you supernatural wisdom that says, hey, this kind of element can be healed by adjusting your lifestyle and eating right and dieting, going to certain doctors. Perhaps you say, you know what, I, I need a surgery. Then you believe God for a successful surgery. Going to the right doctors. Right? He may lead you to one doctor and you're like, this, just, this doesn't feel right here. I'm going to get a second opinion. You go to that doctor and you realize that there's something different and he's able to better care for you in the way God intended because God uses doctors. Right? That's part of it. There's natural things. There's medicine. Thank God for that. He will lead you. But here's the most important thing about receiving healing is we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And meditating in the scriptures as God, our healer, opens up our hearts to hear from him and what's the best remedy for you. And despite what you're going through, you have to remember that he, his power also sustains you in weakness. It may not happen right away, but you can trust that he will sustain you because his grace is sufficient. And talking to Paul, and, and I think it was 2 Corinthians 12, um, he told Paul, Paul had an ailment, and God said, my grace is sufficient and my power, dunamis, is made perfect in weakness. All he's saying is, no matter what happens, God, I'm going to trust and rely, rely on you. So now let's talk about, I just wanted to cover that part of it. So the power of God, the anointing, is within us. Number one, it's within us. God, God heals from within us because as, as believers in Christ Jesus, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he who holds the power is Jesus and he lives in your spirit. Look at Ephesians 3 real quick. Ephesians 3, 20 to, uh, 
21, it says, Now to him who's able to do, talking about God, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think, according to what? How does he do exceedingly, abundantly? According to the power, the dunamis, that works in us, to give him, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. So there is an anointing in us as salvation that protects us from, from the lies and deception. It teaches us the truth, that anointing is in us, the power of God is in us, his presence. But also, not only is the power of God within us, the power of God can come upon us to, to minister healing to others. And this is what happened with Jesus. And, and there's people that God specifically anoints for this type of ministry to minister healing. For example, the power of God can be imparted to someone that's anointed by God specifically. Look at Acts 19 real quick, 11 through 12. And God gave Paul the power, dunamis. We're talking about the power of God. This is the, this is the same word that, ha, that drew out of Jesus when she touched him, the dunamis. God gave Paul the dunamis power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were excel, expelled. Okay, we may not fully understand this right now. It may, this, this may be new for some of us. But there's times where God's power is on you so tangibly that it can be transferred. Paul was so anointed of the Spirit that he took handkerchiefs from his body and aprons and it was soaked with God's power that when it touched somebody, it healed them. Remember when the lady touched, she didn't say she touched his hand, she touched Jesus' garments. I, imagine... It's hard to explain, but Lord help us to understand. The anointing can be felt. For example, God used, God used Moses' rod to, you know, split the Red Sea. When Elijah, the prophet, saw his, his master Elijah going to heaven, he says, give me double portion of your anointing. And Elijah said, well, if you see me go, it's yours. And when Elijah went to heaven, his mantle fell. And it says that Elijah picked up the mantle, rolled it up, and hit the Jordan, and it split. Okay? So there's examples of the anointing that's transfer, transferable the, through the laying on of hands, for example. So God sometimes will anoint people to minister that way. But if you can't find anybody to pray for you that way, you can always receive healing directly through, to him, from him and through his word. Again, don't limit God to his healing channels because when even Jesus' ministry, he was constantly healing in various ways. One guy, he put mud in his eyes, right? Another person said to him, no, only speak the word and my servant will be healed. So there's many channels which God heals. Just be open to that because it's through his wisdom and what's best for you. So don't, don't be like, oh God, you healed so-and-so this way. I want it that way. Right? He goes, no, no, that was, that was for him. Don't make a formula out of that. And you go, you go to the hospital, do the same thing that other minister did, and you're like, okay, this person's not coming up from the, the hospital. What's going on? Because first of all, God never told you to do that. He told that person to do that. And he, he had the faith to do it because he heard from God. So the most important thing, guys, in, in having a heart that pursues after God and his power and his presence for your life is Seek the person. Seek Jesus. 
And he's always available to answer all your questions through his word, through his spirit, and he'll give you the right strategy for you. Amen. All right. So if I can have the worship team, please come up. We're going to take a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to minister healing to us. And all I'm asking you guys is, as we worship, as we just reflect on the song, if you need healing or you need something else in your life, just lean in and hear his voice. He wants to speak to you tonight. He wants to encourage you. He wants to minister to you. And I'm also going to ask uh, anyone the prayer team, if you can, just please come up. Be ready to pray for folks to receive healing. Or, or also, if you're here, you say, God, I want to be used. I want to be used to minister healing to others. Anoint my life to pray for others. Come up also. And those watching online, you know, God is there with you as well. We're going to pray for you as well that you receive healing if you're in need of healing. But I want us to have three quick takeaways from this message. Number one is meditate on God's word. If you remember anything else, just remember, meditate on God's word, speak God's word, and then act on God's word. That's faith. I'm acting on what he said about my situation. Amen. So we're going to sing. Let the worship team sing over us. And please come down if you're in need of healing. Just renew strength. Or you want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit so that God can use you to minister healing to others or a prayer for others. Amen. Is there anyone in the back? We have Pastor Chris is in the back. Frank and Lisa are here on the side. And I'll be down here. And after these songs, we'll, we'll pray, okay?